everybody, and welcome back to Thank Godzilla. It's Friday. Screong. It's Friday, and that <laughs> means it's Godzilla. My name is William Bibiani. I am a critic for the rap, and I also write for Slash Film, and everybody calls me Bibs. Uh, my name is Whitney. F- F- I can't even say my own name. It's quite late. Uh, my name is Whitney Seibel. I, too, am a film critic. I contribute to Slash Film. I was on the radio this morning. Fancy. It was far more eloquent then. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, this is our this is our show. We're talking about all the Godzilla movies, and we're up to Mothra versus Godzilla. Yep, uh, we were doing every single Godzilla movie in order, including the ancillary ones. But uh, that is not the case here. This is a good old fashioned Godzilla throwdown. Oh yeah, it is a a follow up of sorts. To King Kong versus Godzilla, where after a couple of Godzilla movies, they were like, um, should get Godzilla to fight a really popular monster. And so they got King Kong. And then they were like, like we have a really popular monster. We have King Kong. Yeah. Let's just get, like, that old Godzilla thing. Like, we did a couple movies with Godzilla. That was popular. Yeah, I suppose it did kind of work the it's, other way it, around. But Yeah, Godzilla wasn't, like, the star yet. No, but uh, we're starting to get into that territory because that yes. was such a huge hit. That they were like, we gotta pit Godzilla mm-hmm. against another popular monster. And they had released a very successful monster movie, a kaiju movie, if you will, about a gigantic, awesome moth mm. called Mothra. And, and then they were like, let's let's have him fight. Mothra was, uh, if you recall on, on that Mothra episode, mm. uh, an attempt to appeal to uh, an international audience. There were a lot of uh, English-speaking actors in that movie. Uh, it would, took place uh, outside of Japan. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, in a uh, fictional version of half America, half Russia. Yeah. Which was like, kind of a weird choice. Amerisha. Um, Hold on, there's an actual... I always forget the name yeah, of I forgot the name of the, the, the fictional country. Rolissica. Well. Rolissica? Yeah. Sure. Sure. Uh, and so, at, and uh, at the end of the movie, but, uh, but, Mothra destroyed New Kirk City. That's right. With Shatner going, no! Kirk mean, is just Scottish for church. I um, know. But uh, that one was a hit as well. Uh, King Kong versus Godzilla. So they thought, hey, let's let, let's Avengers this nonsense. Let's just get yeah. our big characters all together in one. Mothra versus Godzilla. So this is like the biggest one yet. It was pretty huge. It was a big, big uh, deal. And, and again, even though this is the Godzilla podcast and eventually Godzilla will take center stage, we swear. He's still the villain this time out. Well, it's still, I it's think still. In our next movie, we'll get to a, a, a greater villain. I was, yeah. I was gonna lead to that. Mm. I was gonna lead to that. I was gonna like build to it. So lead I talk about. To... Well, I was gonna talk about it at the end of the podcast as a tease for next week. Right. But instead, you just screwed me over right at the top. Well, I don't know what you're gonna do. I'm not screwing you over. I'm just giving information to our our listeners who are probably hungry for it. We should probably plan these podcasts out a little better. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, we're we're it's uh it's well, a, yeah, it, this it, is the it, film with my father and Godzilla. Yes, it, uh, it, it's still still <laughs> we're Ishi- so tired. still directed by Ishido Honda. We're so tired. Yeah, th- thanks for subscribing, giving your your hard earned dollars to us so we can ramble in it in a tired state. Yeah. Uh, no, Ishido Honda's back. Uh, Ishido Honda will continue to direct these for a, a little while longer. Uh, and um, it's weird he, that we've been doing this show for so long, and this is only technically the fourth Godzilla movie. Uh, but, you know, we're doing kaiju in general. I know, I just think it's funny that that we're literally technically only the fourth one. Because we had Godzilla, Godzilla Raids again, King Kong v. Godzilla, and now Mothra vs. Godzilla. And we Um, did one extra version of Godzilla, but still... The, the, uh, the build-up to what Godzilla would become was a lot more multifaceted than we expected when we first started this podcast. Uh, I'll say this for uh, Mothra vs. Godzilla in terms of like Godzilla as a character. We got a lot of wonderful shots in uh, King Kong vs. Godzilla mm. of the monsters kind of looking around and stomping on things like they got got to sort of get the lay of their sure. geography and get sort of see where what their next plan of attack was going to be but yeah, get, that, get a window into their minds but uh for that movie it was mostly the monsters kind of being pushed around a little bit the mm. humans were manipulating them especially well, they, king kong they literally uh, like wrapped like strings around king kong yeah, Kong's flo- arms, floated him around, and, across yeah. the, the and it the looked sky. ridiculous like he just looked poor the poor guy mm. can you imagine waking up like that it was and, like, and he was a drunk he was an alcoholic he, in that one he, he, he's, he's like a camp counselor getting pranked on in a meatball sequel yeah, like, w- that's wakes up in it on on his uh lounge chair and it's like been attached to a balloon and it's floating above the, the trees poor guy Oof, the indignity kind of freaks of it. out um in 
Mothra versus Godzilla, Godzilla does that a lot more. Uh, he kind of like looks around. There's a, a bit where he's stomping around in a city, just sort of looks down and just blasts it for fun. And and Godzilla as a character, I think, is really starting to emerge in this movie. Well, Godzilla especially costume... especially when you uh, set Godzilla against Mothra, True. who is actually a much more uh, benevolent character, mm. a, a little bit more in uh, well, tune with like nature. Mothra is a goody six shoes, but uh, Godzilla. Thank you. Well done. Well done. Uh, Godzilla. Godzilla is also he gets a new costume uh, this time out. The guy mm. in the suit the costume looks a little different. I he can move a lot, he, a lot better. He in can this one, clearly yeah. move a lot better. I think that there is one weird thing about Godzilla. The Godzilla costume. In this movie, is it big the, eyes? It's not the big eyes. I, I'm kind of, I'm kind of, I, I, I accept the big eyes. Okay, they don't look very realistic, but whatever. It's, it's fine. He's a cartoon character. Mm. Um, his stance is a little different. Hmm. I noticed that, it, and, and maybe it's just me, but in the previous movies, Godzilla's hind legs, you know, mm. that he walks on, uh, are a little bit more like squat. And here, they're a bit more like dancers' legs. They're closer together. <laughs> yeah. He's like, it, it doesn't look like uh, he's got that kind of reptilian uh, T-Rex, you know, kind of like weird backwards leg squatting mm. kind of thing. He looks like a guy in a suit who's actually walking with proper posture. And yeah, he's just sort yeah. of like, hello, I'm Godzilla. Hello, tip of the cap to you. Roar, fire, fire, well, roar. Thank you very much, good a- sir. I appreciate the change. Uh, maybe look, looks more human and less monstery. I, I think it's just maybe on the other side of human for me. That's yeah, a little may, too well, much. Well, and may, maybe that's why I'm sensing that Godzilla is emerging more as a character. He looks a little bit more human in this time around. Yeah. Uh, that he's able to move more quickly, uh, fall over and get embarrassed. Uh <laughs> Which happens a lot in this movie. There's a weird bit, because like Godzilla wrecks stuff. And sometimes mm. you get the impression, I've talked about this before, it feels like kaiju just sort of like, the world was not made for them. They like mm. it's, it's like if uh, it's like when you come home from work and your kid's toys are in the driveway and you accidentally <laughs> step on a car. And you're like, oh great, now I'm going to be the asshole. Mm. And like, Godzilla, sometimes it looks like he like really enjoys breaking stuff. Sometimes it looks like this just stuff just happened to be here, and it's not really his fault. He has to get from point A to point B. Uh, you're the one who put some fucking buildings in there. Whose fault is that? <laughs> really short-sighted. There are so many kaiju now, you'd think people would have like adjusted the architecture. But in this movie, it's, it's a little bit more comical, and a, a specific care is taken to show Godzilla accidentally breaking stuff. Yes. Like he's walking around all stompy stompy and he like puts his foot down and his foot is like on uneven terrain. It's like a parking structure or something like that with like a slant on it. And you can, you can hear him go, whoa. And not literally, but you can practically hear it. And then he just breaks a building for that reason alone. Mm. And that's an interesting choice because that makes Godzilla seem a bit more hapless. Uh huh. And a bit less evil. And I think that's going to be one of the contributing factors to this being the last Godzilla movie where Godzilla is the unequivocal bad guy for a while. Yeah. In any case, uh, if you'll recall, Mothra, the the Mothra standalone movie, was it was a kaiju movie. There was a lot of kaiju action. But it was also a commentary. It was a commentary on the media. Mm. It was in many respects uh, sort of a Japanese answer to King Kong about people, uh, you know, exploitative capitalists. Oh, they, find, they find this like yeah. fantastical animal, this this yeah. wonder of nature, yeah. and the only thing they can think to do is sell it. Yeah, to exploit it, mm. and so they kidnap it, they take it away from its home country, uh, they bring it to Japan, and then you know, quasi America, and they, yeah, they're literally just selling people for money uh, in the entertainment industry, and it's not a subtle allegory. That kind of continues here in Mothra vs. Godzilla. Once again, uh, a plot is introduced early on. The monsters won't properly start attacking for a little bit. Mm. The initial plot is there is a giant typhoon that wrecks a coastline. And the next morning, people are reporting on it. We meet our, our hero reporter and this plucky photographer sidekick who's not just looking for the right shot she's looking for a proper theme to the work and he's like ah here we go again she's a news photographer and she's like yeah. setting up tripods and stuff so like, and no, he's you, just, like, just shoot and shoot just That's shoot it doesn't matter just get the shot um they find 
in the in the in the wreckage. The gobbledygooker. It's like a, a, a it's like a Mothra scale. Well, no, it's not. They find a scale, but like that's mm. not the that's not the plot point. The mm. plot point is you, you didn't catch my reference. The gobbledygooker. What is a gobbledygooker? Okay, so if anyone I, I know what gobbledygook to, is, I'm familiar with yeah. the phrase. But. Uh, the gobbledygooker is a a world wrestling federation uh, a character who started off as a publicity stunt. Uh, what happened was uh, it, Thanksgiving was coming up. They're having a huge Thanksgiving event in like I don't know, like eighty nine, ninety, and um, at all of these events, there was a centerpiece, and all they kept hyping it up, and it was a big egg, like a really big egg. What could possibly be in this egg? You'll have was, to tune was in. Was this a, a real life event? This is a wrestling about? event. Okay, wrestling did this. They kept they, they showing. Had a, they had a giant egg in a wrestling event. Yes, they kept building it up like it's going to be a big fucking deal, and everyone's like, "What could be inside the egg? What giant fun wrestling plot point is it gonna be?" It was a turkey. It was a guy in a turkey suit. So it was like a six foot egg. Yeah, it was like a big fuck off egg, a giant egg, and they made it a big fucking deal. And instead of it being something cool, it was a guy in a turkey suit. And it was like, Happy Thanksgiving! He's the gobbledygooker! And that was it. Oh, gobble gobble, like a turkey. Gobbledy, okay. Yeah. Someone, someone, someone please. Someone please, please say you got my reference. I beg of you. I cannot be the only one. I cannot be the only one who knows this. Anyway, the plot of of Mother vs. Godzilla is, in addition to finding like a creepy dragon Mm. scale... In the wreckage, they find a giant fuck-off egg in the ocean. And it's huge. Yes. It's like, it's it's like, it's not even like the size of like a car. It's like the size of the Astrodome. Like, it's really fucking big. And everyone's like, oh, that's a big fucking egg. That is. My goodness. And immediately, the media circus begins. Mm. And everyone's like, well, we have to exploit this egg for publicity. Yeah, they, the the well the uh, the people who live like right next to the beach where it starts to wash up, mm-hmm. the, they pull it up on the, the local beach, community and, town. And yeah. there's and there's a wonderful matte painting where they got all the actors to stand in a big circle and they painted the egg right in the middle. Yeah, of that's really neat. Cool, cool looking effect. And um, yeah, and there's like some entrepreneur guy there with a really sleazy looking mustache. It's like, yeah, we're you know what? I have a great idea for this egg. You can take a look at it, but you got you got to pay me. And yeah. we're gonna build like a theme park around the egg. Let's say build a yeah. greenhouse around it, and it's, the plant. There's even like a little miniature city he's already mocked up where yeah. he wants to put a little uh, little amusement park. Yeah, next it, to the he, egg. he works for a company called Happy Enterprises, and it's gonna build a whole theme park around a giant egg, and it's gonna be called the Shizu Noura uh, Happy Center. They're gonna build an amusement park. So instead of having a commentary about you know, specifically like the live entertainment industry or the movie industry, like with Mothra. Here, we're taking aim at amusement parks. Disneyland was starting to become a pretty big thing, and we were starting to see... Uh, this uh, movie was 64. Uh, yeah. Disneyland opened in 55? Yeah, so Disneyland had been that. around for a little while, and uh, I think... Um, uh, when was when was Nara Dreamland opened in, uh, in Japan? That was the Japan's oh, say. closest equivalent... Uh, for many years, uh, yeah, from 1961, Nara Dreamland. And Nara Dreamland had already been around. Um, it's hard to say exactly how much of a commentary this would be about Nara Dreamland. It feels like it's a little bit more about Disney, especially considering oh. that there is a very clear, uh, uh, kind of interesting exploitative relationship that is addressed between this big giant businessman who wants to exploit the egg and turn it into an amusement park. And the small community who was like, this is going to be great for us. This is going to build up our business mm. and our infrastructure. And over the course of the film, they keep going back to this like multimillionaire who's running the place. And it's like, hey, um, you going to put any money into this? And he's like, uh, no, but if you do, I'll pay you back later. And they're like, oh, okay, well, I guess that makes some sense. Mm. And then eventually they realize that they're just being completely exploited. And it's easy to look at Mothra versus Godzilla as like Disney versus Orange County. <laughs> or or Zana- I guess Anaheim, Anaheim would, be, yeah. would be more appropriate given the era, but either one. 
Uh, well, I mean, that's that's still going on. And, and yeah. you, you might remember how uh, the Los Angeles Times uh, oh, had this yeah. ran this bi- it's like a couple of years ago now, but yeah. they ran this big expose about how um, the city of Anaheim like put up a lot of their own money so they could like build parking lots. And the idea was <sighs> they were going to get a cut of Disneyland's revenue yeah. because a lot of people were going to come in. And Disneyland said, oh, yeah, you can give us the money. You get a lot of people coming in to see Disneyland mm. and that will be good for the whole city of Anaheim. Thing is, people go to Disneyland. They don't leave Disneyland and hang around Anaheim. Yeah, they don't. They don't uh, go to the local restaurants. Yeah. They stay at Disneyland. Yeah. So, so it's it, not it was, actually helped the community so all that much. The, the the city has not received this influx of cash that Disney promised all those years ago. They paid for all this parking lot stuff. They have to keep a lot of upkeep on this parking lot. No, and yeah, they're not traffic getting, is a nightmare. And they're not yeah. getting any revenue from Disneyland as a result. So uh, the, the Los Angeles Times ran this big expose. Disneyland reneged on their deal. Yeah. And uh, Disney was pissed. Disney was really pissed. And they said, okay, you can't you can't see our movies anymore. Yeah, like, Los, we're, we're, the Los Angeles like, Times is not invited to you movie can't, screens you anymore. You can't have any critics come to our screens anymore. So yeah, yeah. And, and the critics said, fine, none of your movies are up for our awards. And Disneyland said, well, okay. Like, they wanted the awards. Yeah, yeah. So, really so they kind of went back on it. It was, it was a weirdly it, yeah. empty thread, actually. But, yeah. I mean, nothing's really at stake here. No, because, uh, like, serious A, who gives a fucking shit? Uh, and B, you can just send the critics to a screening the night beforehand. We can still review yeah. the movies. We just won't get this. We just won't get them a week early. Mm-hmm. Like, whatever. Anyway, Disney, I, I the, well, the, the relationship between the owners and proprietors of an amusement park and the city in which they live is often fraught, is my point. Yeah, and I think yeah. Bathurst versus Godzilla is at least somewhat aware of that and exploiting that for drama. But, see, this is why you need mob guys. Yeah. You need mob guys who can get you know money out of the park and into the city. Um, that's the solution. Hire the mob. I'm imagining uh, like mob guys from like Tim Burton Batman movies with like bowler hats. And, yeah, they got, they got and the Tommy guns. And the, the gray long coats. Yeah. Uh, I don't think that uh, Mothra vs. Godzilla is necessarily commenting on Disneyland. I mean, it certainly is, and other amusement parks yeah, as well. The, the, the rise sort of, of way, giant amusement parks I was think, prominent at the time. I yeah. think what's going on is they're carrying, o- carrying over the central theme of Mothra into this mm. movie, which yeah. was financial exploitation. So now Mothra and a theme of financial exploitation are kind of linked. Uh, so I think where, wherever Mothra goes, so goes these themes. I agree, and I just think they chose, rather than do the same thing all over again, to take what what is the nature of the financial exploitation? Mm. What do they want out of it? And here it's amusement parks. Yeah. Um, so a big chunk of the beginning of the movie is just reporters investigating this giant amusement park, everyone wondering what's in the egg. It's the gobbledygooker. And... Um, I'm going to keep saying that until someone thinks it's funny. I, I had never heard of that. I can't believe you never is, heard of that. Is, and I was paying attention to wrestling in the late 80s. You know, I was I, I saw Andre the Giant wrestle Jake the Snake Roberts. I'm, I'll never forgive you for it. I'm so it's fucking It's like jealous. 1988 or something. Uh, yeah. Anyway. Anyway, so that is all being built up. And they're like, what's in the egg? And then uh, the the evil business guys are all like plotting and scheming. And then suddenly they just hear a couple of little tiny voices. Please give us our egg back. It's the peanuts. Yeah, the peanuts are back. The uh, uh, mysterious from, from magical... nowhere. They're just on his mantelpiece. Yeah, they're, they're like, mis- they didn't sneak in. They didn't yeah. arrange travel. They're just yeah. there. Now the mysterious magical creatures uh, from Mothra, who were in Mothra, were kidnapped themselves and forced to entertain the masses. Here, they're like, "Hey, that's a Mothra egg. Uh, we've been hanging on to that for a really long time. There was a typhoon. It broke off of our island, and it ended up on your shores." And you just kind of just said it was yours, and that's kind of messed up. And so we'd really like to just get that back, please. That's that's a very, you know, it's an endangered species. Mm-hmm. And also our god. Uh, and they respond very rationally, very empathetically, by going, Ha! Let's kidnap them! Ah! Mm. They can't uh, find them. And uh, he says, oh, look, two little pixies who are pleading to, uh, you know, Pleading Ple- for sanity and rationality ple- and help. Ple- well, pleading for their egg back. It's their egg. Yeah. It's like we're from Infant they have Island. a legitimate claim. That that's our egg. Could we please have it back? We're asking kindly. Yeah. And he, yeah, his reaction is, oh, I could sell them too. Let, let's kidnap them yeah. and make them part of the show. And uh, the, the, the peanuts end up going to the reporters. The reporters want to help them out as mm-hmm. well. Uh, and I, for a moment, I had this vision in my head 
of this movie turning into like the third act of the Sandlot, where they had accidentally mm-hmm. knocked a Babe Ruth signature ball into someone's backyard with like an evil dog in the back, and it's like, how do we get our ball back? And it's just basically, how do we get this egg back? And it's going to be a mm-hmm. series of increasingly elaborate like heists with weird like mechanics, like from Home Alone. It'd be and, great. Like, yeah. it's, you know. 100 foot egg and yeah instead I've, uh, I, haven't, I haven't seen the sand lot so i don't know what's uh yeah after the, the significance of that completely missing all 90s culture uh no i have plenty of 90s culture i just wasn't eight in the 90s i was a teenager in the 90s whatever i have teenage 90s culture Sandlot, but okay. Uh, so after Look, I finally watched fucking Hocus Pocus. All right i well, have seen that as a, kid, as a teenager and now and you're I, better for it because i didn't want to the uh so after the peanuts politely asked for their egg back they turn to the reporters and the reporters say we got this and the reporters politely ask for the egg back this also doesn't work and the millionaire is just like we'd like to buy human beings from you and they're like no they're our peanuts you can't do that and he's like no no they're sentient beings and they're just they're just they're they're like little humans and i'd like to buy them (laughs) i'm so evil Mm -hmm. and they're like no. No. And uh, and there's an additional crisis cause, because they said that uh, they came from Infant Island, mm-hmm. which is from Mothra. Yeah. Uh, and where Mothra's from. Where Mothra's from. And they said that there's actually been continued nuclear testing. Yeah. And, Kept on going like and, asshole. They and know people infant, are there now. And Infant Island has been exposed to radiation and it's like killed all the plant life and there's mm-hmm. a lot of dead animals. It used it's to made, be. It's made the island kind of desolate. Although... There are still people living there. Well, it, when we saw Infant Island and Mothra, it was like the outskirts of the island look uninhabitable. But if you walked inside a bit, you see the majority of the island was still leafy mm. and like verdant. And when we visit Infant Island later in this movie, we see that literally there's only a small patch of greenery left. Mm. And it's the only thing sustaining the people of Infant Island. The people of Infant Island have been royally screwed. After all of this. Mm-hmm. And um, so they're not happy. And yet they're still trying to go about this through proper channels. The reporters are like, what can we do? How can we help? And at this point, I'm thinking, you could report on it. And they finally get around to doing that. And they say, yes, we've written a very strident report about how people are, this is screwing them over. And uh, and I appreciate, and it's sad that this is, still feels so relevant. That uh, the reporter is saying, the news isn't doing any good. You know, all we're doing by talking about how salacious and uh, uh, and wrong this amusement park is, is boosting their signal, giving them free publicity. Mm. How do we talk about something that is terrible in a capitalistic universe without giving it free publicity? And that's something we still struggle with now. Yeah. You know, like, how do we comment on uh, misinformation campaigns? How do we comment on uh, people who are desperately trying to enter the public forum to spread bigotry or hate? How do we do that without making more people aware of it and giving them kind of what they want? Mm. It's not easy. And I actually appreciate that the editor character in this movie had a, uh, had a, had a, had a response to that. He says, your writing lacks punch. Yeah. Which it makes, which is actually fair, because honestly, making people aware of something is a lot less dangerous if your writing makes it abundantly clear how fucking horrible it is. Yeah, yeah. Um, like you just, you can't be neutral I, uh, about it if it's actually like there's an evil at play. I, I think it was, I think it was CNN uh, when uh, when Donald Trump was yeah. first running for president, mm-hmm. and he he would have these just these rallies. Well, yeah. it wasn't really, like, campaigning. It was just sort of, like, ramble on stage. Big public and, appearances where and, people um, yelled at him, yeah. Th- this was back when, I mean, he was he's never been credible as a politician, but this was back when he was kind of, a lot of people considered him, like, a joke. This is... Yeah, he, like, he, a lot well, of people is, run for president as kind of a publicity gag, is, but they usually it, don't end up doing well. Is, isn't it funny that, that this buffoon, this, you know, mm-hmm. game show asshole is running for president and is just sort of rambling for a mm-hmm. long time. Let's just run his whole speech yeah. without context and just like kind of mm-hmm. uh, uh, 
maybe understand that the bulk of the audience is kind of chuckling at him. That'd be good mm-hmm. ratings for us. The problem was they were spreading his dangerous messages to people who were actually like listening to that asshole. Yeah, you were not uh, adding enough context. You were mm-hmm. not adding enough commentary. You were not taking a threat to, at the very least at that mm-hmm. time, uh, democracy not being taken seriously. Yeah, I, and, I, I remember at, at the time. Yeah, it was uh, really. It sucked. I, I forgot who it was, but they referred referred to him as uh, America's back mole. Like you, you have a you have a mole on your back. Usually, you don't think about it, but it's getting bigger, and now you, you have should, to start thinking. Maybe you should, you should get that checked out. Have it checked out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Understood. Yeah, it was right at that time. You know, back when it seems like, that's not going to happen, right? Mm. Uh, so. I appreciate that uh, because we're journalists, you know, your voice and your tone actually does matter is what kind of attitude you're you're communicating. Yeah. It's not the theme of this movie now. No, but it's in in there and I appreciate that. And you know, it's it's also nice that it's in there because the main human characters, let's look up the actors names. Uh, They're they're the journalist characters. Yeah. Uh, And again, this is another one where there's, there is like a human plot building and building and building and because there's an element of relevance to it, because there's something to latch onto, I was I wasn't really invested in the egg because that was pretty obvious there was going to be another Mothra in there. No. But um yeah, I actually did I I cared about what was happening because I cared about the exploitation of the people on Infant Island and I really hated this millionaire and I wanted his uppance to come. No. And yeah, yeah. Um the reporter is uh, named Ichido is played by a car- uh, an actor named uh, Akira Takarada who was in mm. the first Godzilla movie. Hmm. Um I, I don't recall him from the first Godzilla movie, but yeah, this was the second Godzilla movie, mm-hmm. and he's going to go on to be in a, a bunch more, playing a different role in each one. And that's nice. that's kind of uh, common for a lot of Jap- uh, Japanese actors. Uh, they, you know, if you got into one Godzilla movie, you were in a couple. Yeah, and uh, and his co-star Yuriko Hoshi mm. uh, is uh, gonna be in uh, the next one we're, we're reviewing, Ghidra, the three-headed monster. Uh, we'll also see her in Godzilla vs. Megaguirus. She was also in one of my very favorite samurai movies, Kill, uh, which came out uh, in 1968 yeah, yeah. and is and is an adaptation of the same story that Akira Kurosawa's Sanjuro is based on, uh, which is about uh, a, a, a samurai who people don't respect but is actually the only, like, reasonable, noble person in a uh, situation that's very fraught where everyone wants to go to war. Mm-hmm. And the samurai who's like, what if we didn't go to war? And everyone thinks he's a joke is actually the one capable of saving the day. It's a much funnier version of that than Sanjiro. Both movies are fucking great. I, I love Sanjiro. Yeah. And I, what's and I, I love I about Kill is... I Kill. Um, Kill's I, I, great. I remember when uh, Criterion Collection put out like a bunch of notable samurai mm-hmm. films in a row. Yeah, it was in that, that box that was Sort of Doom. Uh, yeah. Sort of Doom was in that box. That has, yeah. And my favorite was Samurai Rebellion. Yeah. Uh, sort of Doom and uh, Kill both star uh, one of my very favorite actors like ever, yeah. Tatsuya Nakadai. Uh, and uh, he plays the villain in Sanjiro and he plays the hero in Kill. And it, they're two totally different, completely transformative performances. He's an amazing actor, uh, but we're off. Uh, we're off on the in the weeds a little bit. Um, so uh, the big buildup is: is the egg gonna hatch? And they start actually turning on like incubators to try to get the egg to hatch, to try to like attract attention to this big uh, uh, amusement park. And uh, what they're not realizing is that there's an ancillary threat and that one scale that they found in the uh, original scene of the typhoon turns out scientists have taken a look at that and it is extremely radioactive and they start looking searching the area for more radioactivity and what they find is that somehow a little hazy about this uh, after the events of King Kong versus Godzilla, Godzilla fell into the ocean. You may recall, uh, at the end of that movie, uh, no, no, he didn't fall into the ocean. He did he fell into the ground? And Godzilla or King Kong stomped Godzilla into the ground. I was under the impression that he rolled into the ocean. No, no, he he was he like fell into like the sandy soft dirt. Okay, and and King Kong started stomping on him and no. just kept on stomping until he was gone. Okay, then I'm going to say this right now. Mm-hmm. Once again, we're in a situation. 
where people really need to keep an eye on Godzilla's corpse. Look, they're busy. They're right? not that busy. King Kong took care of it. It seemed definitive. Just put a marker down. Like, yeah, they, they a... put him in a, they, they hit him in a glacier mm. and they froze him over and they couldn't be bothered to put a beacon or a buoy or even a little red flag on that thing so they would know, don't fuck look, with this glacier. Look, when... No. And now they've put Godzilla's corpse in the ground and they forgot he was there? They put a big headstone there. <laughs> that would have been great. Uh, well, look, sometimes it just looks like the job is done. Like I understand remember that. But... When Iron Man killed Thanos uh-huh. and he like melted into a bunch of little pieces, mm-hmm. what, if, what if somebody picked up all those pieces and glued them back together? I would be fine with that, but here's my point. Uh, He's not like 20 was... stories tall and keeps coming back to life. If, he I did swear come to... back to life. They killed him twice in that same movie. He, he died two times in that movie. Is he 20 stories tall? He's, he's, no. he's nine feet tall. He's pretty big compared to a person. He's a big, large, bulky alien man. Wait, my point is this. My point is this. <laughs> bulky alien man is playing at Bonnaroo. My point is this. <laughs> yes. If a giant dinosaur died uh-huh. and fell in a dirt hole, mm-hmm. would you go... It's fine. Let's just leave them there. <laughs> or would you go? Oh, that's interesting. Maybe we should okay. like study that, or like at least like put up like a little rope around there in case he's like talk because you know he's radioactive. Mm-hmm. You would think at the very least you would care about that. That's true. Um, if if a dinosaur just sort of charged around and died and mm-hmm. was buried, yeah. I'd, I'd say yeah. Let's let's poke around to that corpse. Let's see what we can find. Uh huh. Because big, of, because an if ape a, if stomped a big, him. If a big fuck off ape pushed him into the ground, I'm gonna say, you know what? Let, let him have it. Let let the ape do what the ape does, here's, and let the dinosaur be dead. Here's here's how I would be okay with that. Uh-huh. If Godzilla uh, was stomped into the ground, King Kong stomped Godzilla into the ground uh-huh. so much that Godzilla is literally buried. Yes. And then God, and then King Kong like walks off. Remember, he walks to the ocean. He's gonna yeah, swim home, sw- swim away. But like, if God, if King Kong right before he walked into the ocean, like craned his his neck around and like looked back at us, and then took his fingers and like pointed into his eyes, and then pointed at us. <laughs> you better watch your like. Back. Then I'm like, you know what? I'm not touching any of this. It's fine. But I, I also that... still wouldn't build an amusement park on it. <laughs> I think like... that would be relevant. Oh, for real estate guy, here we we have like a rule that's like. If something, like, really shitty happens on your property, the real estate agent has to tell you about it. Mm. Like, if the previous tenants, like, blew it up because there was a meth lab in there, they have to let you know about that. Here, it's like, yeah, you're literally on Godzilla. Mm. And that's not relevant to you at all. Keep in mind, you know, Japan is an island nation. Uh-huh. They have to be conscious of space. And, you know, yeah, there's, you there's think they'd be open, very conscious of space, especially if there's a Godzilla on if it. If there's a Godzilla underneath the ground, but the land is unclaimed, it's like, you know, let's just build there and we'll be okay. Godzilla emerges from the ground yes. at the 30-minute mark almost precisely. And bless them, not a minute and, too soon. And uh, and wouldn't you know it? Godzilla starts raging around and doing Godzilla shit again. No cool no purpose. Godz- yeah. No 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 motive. Just fucking around, breaking shit. Yeah, that's all he does. That's all he's good for. I I need my coffee. Like I've been asleep for a while. Yeah yeah. Just I'd love to see Godzilla with like a big mug of coffee. Like, oh Godzilla my coffee. god, that'd be great. It's like I'm, I'm not on myself until I've had my Rocktagenos. <laughs> good luck. Good luck getting a, a dishwasher big enough to like fit Godzilla's mug. <laughs> it's like, oh wait, it's got to put Godzilla's mug in there. Oh, there's still some space. Okay, uh, do you know how many dishes to just throw in with Godzilla's mug? And the mug just says "fuck Japan" on it. Um, no, uh, yeah, it starts starts smashing stuff. There's a really wonderful scene where uh, Godzilla's wandering around, trips and smashes into a pagoda. Yeah, like that's very, how the smashing begins. I already mentioned this. Yeah. Like it's again, it doesn't really feel as intentional this time. Sometimes mm-hmm. it feels like he's just like, who put this here. Mm-hmm. You know, in, in in California we have earthquakes, and uh, that that's that's our national uh, natural disaster that we have to deal with. We also have wildfires, but earthquakes is like inherent. We have developed architecture that is reinforced to protect itself from earthquakes. Is it perfect? No, but it's really quite ingenious. I was in a, uh, um, I was in an earthquake once in like a very tall building in uh, Century City near where, uh, near where the uh, building from Die Hard is. 
And they have this whole fascinating system set up so that, like, so those buildings don't fall down in a giant earthquake. They're on rollers. They roll. Okay. It's like it's like scooch back and forth yeah, a little bit. It's it's like you're it's like you're on a it's like you're on a voyage, and it's like oh I'm getting a little seasick. It's like it's the most creepy fucking thing, to be on like the thirtieth floor of a building, mm. and the whole building is rolling back and forth, and you know it's intentional, but that's still fucked up. It's like uh, I know a lot of the uh, concrete foundations on a lot of bigger buildings mm-hmm. uh, are like. There's something about the concrete makes it like a little bit spongier mm-hmm. and more pliable because in case there's an earthquake, it can kind of bounce around a little bit. Yeah, you don't have to just crack. Oh. You want yeah. to So it occurs to me that there's got to be a really huge business in the Japan of the Godzilla movies reinforcing buildings or building new types of buildings that specifically can withstand kaiju attacks. I don't know if we're ever going to get to that plot point, but it feels like that's something there and mm-hmm. I feel like at some point we just need to be like can, can, can we maybe I, I know he broke that building and it's a famous building so we're going to build it up again can we build it better this time could we make it Godzilla proofed I don't know how that's possible but some some, I, some architect who's smarter than me should be figuring it out I I what the impression I get from watching all these Godzilla movies mm-hmm. and I've seen some of the newer ones as well is that no matter how much we prepare, Godzilla's yeah. gonna gonna outdo it. I realize that, but I think I think actually seeing the preparations mm. would sell that futility better. Well, we, rather we, than just rather than just us on, going, eh, fuck it. It depends on the movie. We got we got a Mothra to get to, so, uh, so you know, Godzilla's charging around, uh, smashing into stuff. The peanuts begin singing. It's like yeah. we, we got to get uh, Mothra out here. And well, Mothra... it's it's actually the uh, the the humans who come up with the idea, mm. and they're just like, oh, how do we get rid of Godzilla? We keep we keep getting rid of Godzilla and nothing works. And then I guess remembering how the King Kong thing worked out mm. instead of trying to get King Kong back, which is basically, uh, do we really want to bother him again? Well, Godzilla's already, you, uh, Mothra is that, already uh, good and bothered. There, there was the, do you remember this? It was one of the X-Men movies mm. where, uh, uh, professor X mm. and Magneto go into a bar. It's like, we're looking for other mutants to join our mutant club. And uh, they come up behind uh, Wolverine. Sitting yeah, there and, years before he joined the X Men. Yeah, and, and it was it's just like a cute little cameo. It's yeah. like, hey, we're we're Professor X and Magneto. You want to join our mutant club? And he he actually says, "Go fuck yourself." Yeah, there's this one line like, of dialogue, and they kind of shrug and walk away. The, That's how they did it with with King Kong. It's like, hey, yeah. we, we need your help, and he's, he's drinking his his berry juice out over on Skull Island. It's like, go fuck yourself. <laughs> Look, look, I stomped him into the ground once. You want me to do it again, or you want to fuck off? I want you to do it again. No, you're gonna you're gonna fuck off. That that's that's King Kong. Yeah, exactly. So uh, so instead, their backup plan is well, who who could be convinced to help us in our time of need? Who could be convinced to give us charity right now? Maybe Mothra, whose egg we've kidnapped, whose island we've bombed into near oblivion. Maybe we should ask Mothra for help. Yeah. It's the most selfish fucking thing in the world. So they travel to Infant Island. They see how fucked up it is. Mothra's a very, very giving monster. Mothra is a very giving monster, but still. They don't even say. They don't don't even get, like, the millionaire to to offer in exchange for saving my amusement park and saving Japan. Uh, I'll give you your egg back. Which is... You know, that's extortion, but at the very least, Mothra and Infant Island would get something out of it. No, they just go to Infant Island. They show them the devastation that the that the, the, the modern world has wrought on Infant Island. Mm-hmm. They flat out say, you're killing us. And then they're just like, yeah, but Godzilla's really bad for us. Well, I mean, and, and Mothra's clearly... really the only way to stop, to save us. So we I... could all live in a better world... If you do literally all of the heavy lifting and work, even though we've completely screwed you over and nearly destroyed your entire it's culture, not them. It's the the reporters. They're are, representing are, all of Japan. Are they? Do they say we represent all of Japan? Are they trying to save all of Japan or just their own houses? <laughs> okay, I, I think look you're at making, it. Look at it from the perspective. You're making of some the... assumptions about these actually gentle, kind characters who are trying to no, solve a problem intelligently. I'm not looking and making... speaking very politely to the people they're asking a favor from. I'm not looking at it from their perspective. I'm not looking at it yeah. from the perspective of those characters who I am sure were very genuine, mm. albeit somewhat oblivious. 
I'm looking at it from the perspective of people who have been screwed over uh-huh. by people from the from the rest of the world. People who have maybe they've tried, but they have failed to get back our Mothra egg. And in exchange for literally nothing, mm. they want us to potentially sacrifice our god to stop Godzilla for them, even though Godzilla isn't bothering us. Okay, what do we I'm just, all I'm saying is that's a uh, big ask and a, a hell of a time to ask. It. I, I think you're, uh, you're you're thinking more like the uh, evil capitalist character than somebody who is trying to cooperate in a spirit of cooperation. I'm saying you're, asking you're saying someone to cooperate to in a spirit of cooperation. Here. No, I'm not. I'm saying that asking someone to cooperate in a spirit of pure cooperation uh. while they're being actively screwed over mm. by the very people they're being asked to save, not specifically the reporters, but yeah. the people at the amusement park and all that stuff, is a hell of a thing to ask. Mm. Well, and frankly, yeah. I don't think it's a very sensitive thing to ask. Considering that uh, it is the purpose of the gods in this universe to uh, Mm. fight, Uh, Mothra is merely sort Mm. of fulfilling this weird sort of cosmic purpose in fighting Godzilla. It's not like they just sort of like keep to themselves Mm -hmm. uh, on their own. Well, he was. Uh, And Mothra does come and fight Godzilla and invents some new like fighting techniques. Yeah, there's a big fight. I'm not mm. saying there isn't a big fight and it isn't kind of fun to watch. What I am saying mm. is that Mothra had been minding her own business for a really long time. Mm. Med- meditating, I guess. But, like, it's, it isn't until they bomb the island, they kidnap the Peanuts, they nope. steal... In that last the, movie. The Peanuts... Oh, okay. Last movie. Say, the Peanuts talking, came, came to talking, Japan on their own this time. I'm talking about how Mothra first became, like, involved in all these shenanigans. Mm. Bombed the shit out of the island. Kidnapped the Peanuts, who Mothra is clearly cool with. Uh, stole Mothra's egg. And then said, not, not like, come get your egg. Not, uh, uh, no, no, like, even real apology, really. No, no, re- no uh, mm. reparations made for damages inflicted. Not like, oh, we'll help your island, at the very least, or something. Mm. It's basically just, yeah, can you do more for us? And Mothra, being way too cool, if you ask me, mm. says, fine. <laughs> and I can hear, I can just hear Mothra going, fucking hell, alright, f- it's, it's like, it's like when Spider-Man, it's like, it's like when Spider, there's a difference between... Spider-Man having a free afternoon uh-huh. when Dr. Octopus robs a bank and Spider-Man like missing out on like Aunt May's wedding to, to fight uh, do, uh, Dr. Octopus, okay. you know, like it's just like, it's like I was, I had my own shit <laughs> today. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I, it's a little, I'm going to do it, but I'm going to have an attitude today. Hmm. Thank I, you. I, I like how much you're projecting onto Mothra because I see Moth- I saw I like Mothra, Mothra as being a lot more heroic than that because Mothra's the hero. Of the I'm not story. saying heroism Mothra, doesn't mean you're completely like Mothra. Your your services are needed. There are uh-huh. people in trouble. There's a monster somewhere on the world. Well, okay, I'm a cool moth monster with superpowers mm-hmm. that you clearly don't have. I'm gonna help you. Even though Even though, yes, because <laughs> Mothra is heroic. Yes. Uh-huh. My island is being bombed. Mm-hmm. My 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 offspring has been taken from me. It doesn't and, and exploited. also there's another assumption you've made that it was Japan doing the nuclear testing near Infant Island. Mm-hmm. Maybe it oh, was the oh, United oh. States. Oh no, okay. Well, first off, uh-huh. first off, uh I am I am incorporating the modern world into what Infinality I imagine would be rather pissed at mm. because they have been isolated from it. Yeah. You know, and after Probably the events of Mothra, they could have not unisolated themselves. Yeah. And instead it's like, no, no, we're just going to stay here on this island. We're not going to bother anybody. Bomb, bomb, bomb. God mm. fucking damn it. Mm. I'm just saying these people have been really screwed over really <laughs> bad. And now it's up to them to save mm. everyone else. I'm just saying here, here, here's you're what, here's, and you're projecting resentment onto them that they don't, don't express in this movie. I think they express quite a bit of resentment. They have to be talked into this. You might recall no. they're not super happy to see everyone on this island. Please take our god. <laughs> no, they actually have to do some convincing here. 
Even the peanuts are like, look at how fucked up our island is. All right, we'll talk to Mothra, but I'm not sure. Like, Mothra is cool. I love Mothra. Mothra is very heroic hmm. for doing what Mothra does. I don't. I'm not saying Mothra made the wrong choice. Okay. What I'm saying is that asking Mothra the way that they asked and offering nothing in return, mm. you got to have some fucking something's I, made of brass. I, I, I don't know I, I what, but the, uh, something is made of brass to ask, to ask I, the way that I th- they. Th- ask. I think there's something a little bit like larger and more mythic going on. This is sort of uh, mm-hmm. you're, you're thinking in sort of like a. a a dualistic thinking, you know, a little bit of balance. There has to be uh, something given for something given. No, I taken. think I think if you're screwed uh, think, over, and then and then the, think, and then you're can, can, can I finish my goddamn thought, Ever! please? Oh, God. <laughs> Martha is a force for good. Mm-hmm. Godzilla is a force for evil. There needs to be a balance there, and the the force for good needs to fight the force for evil. And you know what? Mothra dies. Mothra dies fighting Godzilla. And that's fair to you. Well, that's balanced to you. It's fair because the spirit of Mothra is transferred into her offspring, which yes. come bursting out of the egg, and there's two baby Mothras. There are two baby Mothras, and we're going to talk the about baby them. And the baby Mothras, because there's two of them, mm-hmm. and because they possess the spirit of Mothra together, mm-hmm. and because Godzilla is a fucking asshole who yes. bashes into stuff and then foolishly goes after a school. I, we we didn't talk. We're, we're, we're getting ahead of ourselves. We're I'm not getting of, ahead of myself. No, I'm what, taking us along because we're we're stuck here. Well, I actually uh, wanted to get to something in the middle there, but uh, right. so the the two baby um, uh, Godzilla stumbles around like on. A bad terrain that I think he's unfamiliar with mm. that the baby Mothras can get through a little bit more easily because they're yep. little. They can crawl through tunnels and stuff. Yeah. And they're able to take out uh, Godzilla in a uh, a much less violent and more benign way. True. The, uh, they, uh, they, they don't overpower Godzilla. They just sort of wrap him in sticky shit. And they wrap him in sticky shit for about 20 minutes. The uh, mm. uh, When Mothra finally... Uh, we skipped over something. I want to get back to it. But right. when, they, when Mothra shows up to fight Godzilla, uh-huh. there's a pretty big fight. Mothra's got, like, poison pollen attacks, which we'd never heard of before. Yeah, like, um, fl- flaking off of her wings. And, and I really appreciate, even though it might not be as intricate as some other monsters that may be created both for Godzilla and outside of Godzilla, um, I appreciate the complexity and the craft that went into Mothra as a creation, as a visual effect. Yeah. Because Godzilla's a guy in a suit, and even though, you know, it's a bit clunky, the eyes aren't very convincing, through that you can do a lot of acting. Uh Mothra, well, for one thing, Mothra is a moth. It's not very anthropomorphized. So we have to project... I I think me projecting that much onto Mothra is admirable. Mm. To look at Mothra as that much of of a fully rich character. But anyway, I guess I'm the bad guy. Uh, Mothra is a really cool monster and he flies around and it looks really, really cool to see him fighting Godzilla. And for a while it looks like Mothra has Godzilla on the ropes, but it turns out Mothra, one of the reasons Mothra partook of this mission was because Mothra was already dying. And Mothra, like, realizing her time had come, flew over to her egg, wrapped the egg in her moth wings, and proceeded to die while her young was being born. It's mm-hmm. kind of like that one song, Lightning Crashes. I don't know that song. Lightning crashes, an old mother dies. You know that song? No. Oh, that was a hit song in the, in the 90s. But um, oh, yeah. it was, uh, it's a song about uh, like, a, like an emergency room and how at the same time, while an old person is dying, a natural death, mm-hmm. a, a newborn baby is well, born, yeah. and it's all about you know sunrise, sunset, and you know the the, the cosmic dance of life. Um, it's a weirdly intense operatic song, and it could never be a hit song today. And it was a giant hit in the '90s. If you've never heard "Lightning Crashes," listen to it, and just remember this was a hit in the '90s. It's a weird song, but I love it. Um, before any of that happens, though, Godzilla's attacking everything, and the the storyline between the millionaire behind the amusement park and the mayor or governor or whatever of the town that he's been screwing over, that comes to a head. Mm. Godzilla is about to attack the city that they're in. You can see him through the window. And these guys are going after the money. They have a big safe full of money, and... 
That they they literally drool over. They're, yeah. they're like pawing at the piles of cash. Yeah, and the guy's just like, "There's no money left. You've screwed us all over. You destroyed this whole town. You've, we're we're indebted to you. We've, we've completely ruined everything." And like the mayor like pulls out a gun and like mm. holds the guy gunpoint and says, "I'm taking all the money from you. Safe, safe, meh." And then the guy like kills the mayor, and then he like you can see it in his eyes like he's forming like the perfect Hitchcockian murder like. If I kill this guy, and then Godzilla stomps the building into paste, no one will ever know I did it, and I can get away with the money scot-free. <laughs> the perfect murder. And I kind of love that, and I kind of want to see more, like, incidental kaiju stories, where just people, like, trying to take advantage of kaiju attacks to do, like, insurance fraud mm. and other kinds of fun crimes. Um... There's a fun subplot in that movie, Pacific Rim. Yeah. Where uh, when a monster is defeated, because it takes place in a world where monsters attack on the regular and the yeah. only way to fight them off is giant robots. It's uh, cool and, and the robots are successful and yeah. uh, the, the monsters die, but what do you do with a 300-foot corpse. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta do something this... with it. You can't just let it, like, rot in the middle yeah. of a major metropolitan area. And, you know, these are, like, fantastical beasts. They're, uh, and it turns out there's this whole black market uh, in effect mm. for the... People, like, move into the corpses, mm-hmm. move into the skeletons. They find and, out uh, that, like, their adrenal glands are, like, yeah, black so market drugs. So yeah, and, they're, like... they're picking apart for food and using the bodies as yeah. drugs. I want to see a movie about just that. That's neat, like, right? it's such a cool detail that they give it such little time in that movie yeah uh so i kind of love this like perfect murder subplot that's going in the middle and then of course as the guys like got the money and it's like ha i win uh godzilla destroys the building he's in so he dies too and it's kind of beautiful and poetic like i really like that whole bit <laughs> that <laughs> bit was great but then the problem is is that you know that whole subplot's over and we still have to like get some human drama in and so after mothra dies and then mothra is reborn is two different mothras and i don't know if those are like they both have a copy of the same soul, or, like, they each got half of Mothra's soul, and, like, mm. one of them has, like, Mothra's love for classical music, but another one has, like, Mothra's love for Italian food. Like, I don't know, like, are, how how Mothra are each of these mini Mothras now? So The soul is infinite, William. Then how can it be bifurcated? We all, we all possess my Mothra. You cut infinity in half, it's still infinity. That's not true. By, by definition, it cannot be. Yes, it can. Because you've infinity. reduced it. You can't reduce infinity. If you've reduced infinity, it's not infinity anymore. Checkmate. It's still infinity. You take something away from infinity, it's still infinity. No. Yes. It can't be. Yes, it can. Because then it's quantifiable. You removed something from it. Ergo, it cannot be infinite. Well, if, if you remove something, but it's still going on forever... And it's still apparently not. Going apparently, 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 there's a chunk you, there that it doesn't go on. You, t- you, you take took it much, out. You take as much as you like out of infinity. Okay, let me infinity. ask you this. Let me ask you this. That's the fucking definition of infinity. If you, if you have twenty dollars <laughs> and I took out ten, uh-huh. is it still twenty dollars? No, because that's exactly. finite. Exactly. So twenty what, is finite. Once you, if I have, if you can remove something, it's finite. If I have finite. infinity dollars, I could buy whatever oh I want. Oh my god, we sound like five-year-olds who just came up with this concept and figured it out and are trying to like. No, I'm solved right. it in the backseat of my parents' I've car. I've solved it, and, and I'm I trying can, to correct you. I can hear my mom's like hands like squeeze the wheel, like just gotta get home, just gotta get home. Anyway, they're gonna Godzilla they both, they has decided both possess, they both possess full Mothra's. Fine, Mothra has the ability to completely Xerox right. her own soul. Thank you, and duplicate it. That's all I ask. Okay, there you go. Godzilla having to be Godzilla having felt like like he's defeated yeah. Mothra decides to like it, it, it's like you know in the the who shot Mr. Burns uh, uh, episode where uh, they find out like Mr. Burns was like well I wanted to steal candy from a baby but they would they tried to stop me and now no one can Godzilla's like well I've just destroyed a huge swath of Japan but there are ten school children on an island yeah go I must there. go after them like it's a little petty, don't you think, Godzi? But Godzilla goes after the children. We have to save the. We don't know. We don't know these kids. They're not related to anyone that we know. We've never seen them before, or their teacher. They're just random victims. Yeah, just waiting somewhere out well, there. We, we learn right, right at the end of the movie. This yeah. panicked guy gets on a boat. It's like, no, there's a Godzilla out there. It's going to be really dangerous. Like, no, we have to go out to that island. There's a like a school field trip right now. Ten kids and their teacher are out there. Oh, God. Gotta do the noble thing. I'm not saying I have to do the noble thing, but it's at the same time, 
God damn it. Uh, so Godzilla goes after the kids for, because Godzilla's an asshole, apparently. And Mothra's, the Mothra's mm. go after Godzilla. And yeah, the, the big finishing move is they're going to take uh, the same material they would use to cocoon themselves to become Mothra's. Uh, and cocoon Godzilla, which takes a really long time. I mean, yeah. it would, but here's the thing about editing. <laughs> editing allows you to to warp time. Time can take longer, for example, if you use slow motion than it actually does in real life, or things can take a lot less time. Like in 2001, where like a cave person throws a bone up in the air, and then when the bone falls back down, it's a spaceship, we, we skipped ahead many millennia. That's how amazing editing is. But Godzilla being cocooned, we have to see in real time. And I'm not going to lie, after about five minutes of it, I started checking my watch. <laughs> I was like, okay, I think we can wrap this up a little, right? What are we doing here? Nah, I was okay with it. It was the finale. It's fine. And, I just felt like it was a little. It, it got a little repetitive yeah, after. And, but. and I was I was charmed by the special effects. I it's like, neat. I like the Godzilla suit. I like the mm. that they used like actual practical spray. It wasn't mm. an animated effect. I like that Godzilla couldn't hit those little wormy guys because yeah. they were little. And I liked. And they're the, like in crevasses and like hiding. And well, it was very uh, very well coordinated that attack. And while the sort of. Uh, Crawl, like they were clearly like these motorized effects that they had this like little weaving mm-hmm. effect on, so it looked like they were kind you of can kind of. He- I, I wonder if they they put it in post or if they just left it in because every once in a while you see the moth or mo- like uh, larva mm. and they sound like little choo choos, like a little bit, yeah, and that sound effect would show up in like monster movies for years because they use that sound effect in Hellraiser. Like I've seen Hellraiser enough that I recognize the sound effect. Really, but yeah, listen to again, like when when corpses are being rent, like. Kind of Interesting. Thing, okay. Sort of thing. But uh, it, it struck me that uh, just sort of the way movie special effects work, uh, that kind of like little waving effect was probably mm-hmm. really novel at the time. Mm-hmm. Coming up with a machine that kind of looks like a little worm crawling. Uh, these days you get that at Toys R Us or you yeah. know, a toy shop. That's just something that's really easy to do. That, that was like cutting edge, well, ish <laughs> special <laughs> effects for the time. Yeah, you know, working on a budget, of course. This is not like for well, I don't know what was like the big effects movie from like 1964. Because uh, this is prior to Planet of the Apes. Oh, you mean like you mean like the big like sort of American effects? Yeah, American okay. special me, effects blockbuster. Let me try to remember. Hold on, 1964. Because this is after something like Forbidden Planet. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Hold on, let me, that's actually a good question here. Um, let's see. That was the year uh, Goldfinger came out. Mary Poppins was the visual effects okay, spectacular. Yeah. Um, those are probably the big ones. I mean, it was a good year for cinema just in general. Yeah, the Dave, Dave Shareboard the came out. Came out uh, the Incredible way. Mr. Limpet was that year. That was a fun visual effects film. No, not uh, Santa Claus Conquers the Martians. Uh, no, that's a very bad visual effects film. <laughs> yeah. Actually. Robinson Crusoe on Mars was that year. That was a very pretty sci-fi film. Yeah, oh, dinosaurs, human... Va- oh, the, you should have hunted another... Uh, yeah. Movie. Oh, the Night of the Iguana was a big iguana movie. Yeah, but th- those are like low budget kind of things. A Beast of Yucca oh, Flats. Oh, it's, it's, it's actually the Tennessee Williams play. That was the joke. Oh, Night of the Iguana. Uh, <laughs> sorry, that just, just skimmed right past me there. right by yeah. Yeah. What, 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 I got, got him, it. folks. What, wouldn't have caught it. You, you got me. You got me. I left it open and you just jumped right in. Uh, let's see here. Oh, The Time Traveler is not a very good movie, but the visual effects in that, Ib Melchior's Time Travelers. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Ib Melchior made some great visual effects movies. The movies themselves, not very good, but the visual effects are fantastic. Um, Robinson Crusoe on Mars. Yeah. So, like, um... So, yeah, pretty good year. Pretty, pretty good, good year, year for yeah, visual effects type movies. What the heck is Frankenstein Meets the Space Monster? I haven't seen that movie. Well, that's the one where Frankenstein really? met that space monster. So a double feature with Curse of the Voodoo. Um, mm. I want to I go to Drive-In in 1964 to see those two movies. That sounds amazing. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, it, it, this isn't like cutting-edge special effects, but it's special effects. You know, they, they put a lot of effort cool, into yeah. it, and it looks really cool. Uh, I liked all the you know the miniature sets. Uh, yep. It just... It was neat to see that as a special effect when now you just get it at home. Yeah. And that's the same with a lot of filmmaking technology. Things that used to be you know, very, very difficult for uh, major studios are now things you can just do with your phone. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I mean, think about like um, 
how uh, uh, a crane shot, for example, used to require mm-hmm. like a really gigantic crane device because cameras are very heavy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and you want to get you want to get a shot that lifts up into the sky, right? Nowadays, you can put a camera on a drone, and you can get a drone from Best Buy. Yeah, for next to nothing nowadays. Like for, easily, for at least from yeah, just all, all you, you just yeah. have to teach yourself to use the. And people the drone. are getting people are getting cocky with those with those drones. By the way, I'm seeing a lot of drone shots where I'm like, this did not need to be a drone shot. Well, you remember yeah. the Gray Man? Did you see the Gray Man? Unfortunately, I saw yeah. the Gray Man. <laughs> or, so much drone shot. Yeah, same with Ambulance, the Michael Bay film. I heard they did it pretty good in Ambulance, though. I didn't well, see they, Ambulance. Well, they did it a lot. I'll say. That. <laughs> okay, anyway, uh, Mother was Godzilla. And yeah, it all ends. Uh, Ma- the Mothras succeed and go back to Infant Island. Yeah, they, uh, the reporters they, they, swim, they swim away as well. Yeah, the reporters wax rhapsodic and like, ah, yes, we must learn to live in peace or what? What do we learn? All well, right. You know, it's like uh, now we we have to. It's like, well, and what they say is, you know, we we asked for a lot. So going sure back did. to your point. Thank you. Uh, Infant Island gets two Mothras in exchange. So I think they got a fair They were going to get two Mothras anyway. I suppose so. That's but true. but the, what they say is uh, what we need to do to make sure that mm. we earn this is to rebuild a better world. Mm. So and and, and do they or, 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 or does shit still go down in future films? Oh, let's just leave it here for now. Okay. So this film can have its own message. Fair enough. Um, but you know what happens in the next one is you know aliens from space. You know, so yeah. it's no, that's fair. Nothing, nothing we can do. No, you know that's that's actually fair. Yeah. You know, the, the threat comes from outside of us, and yeah, we're gonna start actually getting uh, some proper space stuff. And we've had space stuff, but it wasn't Godzilla related. The Mysterians mm-hmm. that was outer space, cool alien shenanigans, but. None of them directly connect with Godzilla until the next film, which will be coming up next on, thank Godzilla, it's Friday, Ghidorah, the three-headed monster. And while we've met Godzilla, we've met Rodan, Ghidorah is the Joker to Godzilla's Batman. He's the Lex Luthor to his Superman. He's going to be the the arch nemesis of the Godzilla universe. Ghidorah is never the good guy. No. Uh, no, nor is Gigan for that, but we'll get to. I don't. We'll first of all, I, I couldn't tell you what the fuck Gigan is. Uh, Gigan is like a bird, but also like has a buzzsaw stomach and metal hooks for hands. Nice, but it's not a robot. Like I'm not exactly sure. We'll, what we'll get, is. You know, I, I actually don't think I've ever seen a Gigan movie, so I'm looking forward oh, yeah. to that. We'll find out. But yeah, coming up next, Ghidorah the three-headed monster. Uh, it's going to have Godzilla in it. It's going to have Rodan coming back. That's right. And King Ghidorah is going to make uh, his triumphant. Debut. Triumphant debut. Uh, and it's, it's uh, this his, his coming out party. He's a debutant. This came out the exact same year as Mothra vs. Godzilla. In fact, it was rushed mm. uh, because they were supposed to come out with Kurosawa's Red Beard, and that was taking too damn long. So that's why we got Ghidorah <laughs> so fast. <laughs> this is, this thanks, is, thanks, Kurosawa. Is this Kurosawa in the sixties? Is kind of slowing yeah. down a little bit, not mm-hmm. not turning out turning them out at the same. Red Beard was the last film he made with uh, Toshiro Mifune. Yep. They, they kind of ended their relationship after that. Makes you think. Anyway, uh, that's coming up next week on the... <laughs> it makes you think. It does! Stuart, uh, an author named Stuart Galbraith, uh, who's yeah. a really great film writer, wrote uh, this yeah. brick of a book. It's called The Emperor and the Wolf, which was just about the relationship between Kurosawa and Toshiro Mifune. Oh, that sounds cool. Yeah, and okay. I've, I've read... I haven't read the whole thing because it's gigantic, but I've read big chunks of it, and it's really fascinating. Anyway, that's coming up next on Thank Godzilla, It's Friday. If you are listening to this episode... On the main free, critically acclaimed network feed, whether you're listening on uh, Spotify, Apple, uh, wherever, uh, that is already available, that episode, on the Patreon page. Because patrons not only get all of our new shows ad-free, but they also get every episode of Thank God Till It's Friday one week early. Mm. So if you're listening to this on Patreon, sorry, you got to wait a week. Uh, otherwise, yeah, you're getting it. You're getting it, you know, faster. <laughs> yeah, get them one week earlier. Exactly. Uh, and uh, also on our Patreon page, we still have our Star Trek podcast. All our yesterdays, we review every single episode of Star Trek in order. That is still going. That is a weekly show. Sometimes more if we can if we can swing it. Uh, and there's a huge back catalog available if you sign up now. Uh, we just released a recently an episode of Only the Best, where we review every single film ever nominated for Best Picture. We covered the Best Picture nominees in 1952, uh, in which the circus film, The Greatest Show on Earth, rather notoriously defeated High Noon, 
for Best Picture. And uh, I'm going to give you a bit of a, of a tease here. After watching all of the nominees... We we don't think High Noon should have won. No, no, no. That wasn't that was my favorite. I actually didn't like High Noon. No, like we yeah. we have a long debate about whether High Noon is actually all that good, and then we end up each voting for different films for mm. Best Picture. I won't tell you what. You have to watch the uh, watch I, the episode. And I listen to the episode. Your choice. Same here. Yeah. And uh, you have to listen to the episode to find out for yourself. And you can only listen to the episode if you join our Patreon, patreoncom acclaimed network. If you want to talk about anything we discussed in this episode. You can always email us. Our email address is letters at criticallyacclaimed.net. We might read your email in an upcoming episode of We've Got Mail. Uh, we haven't actually done one of those in like a week or two. We need to do like a big oversized one, I think, next week in order to make up for some lost time. Uh, and um, yeah, you can also uh, send us a physical piece of mail. You can hold it in your hand. Whitney, what is our P.O. box for people who are so inclined? <laughs> Send us a physical piece of mail to uh, the Critically Acclaimed Network, P.O. Box 641565, Los Angeles, California, 90064. Yeah. And uh, we're on Twitter, at Critic Acclaim. I'm at William Bibiani. I'm at Whitney Seibold. We're also on Blue Sky. I'm at William Bibiani. I'm, I'm also on Blue Sky. Yeah, we don't have, a, we don't have a, sh- uh, uh, a Blue Sky account just for the show yet, uh, but I have moved most of my social media commentary to blue sky. Yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. I'm I'm still sort of like poking at Twitter but uh, it it feels so much different. I than, I, than I post blue on blue sky. sky. I have mean, I have nicer conversations on blue sky. I I'm still poking my head into Twitter every once in a while and I was on Twitter for less than 5 minutes and every single conversation that I was getting roped into on Twitter was really toxic. <laughs> It was really not fun at all. And after Facebook screwed over our entire industry, there was no fucking way I'm ever joining threads. So oh, that's thread. Yeah, thread. Thread, called. whatever. I don't care. I'm never uh, fucking joining it. So somebody uh, yeah. somebody said, like, well, what's the opposite of FOMO? That's what I have for thread. Like, yeah. you're happy to be missing out. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just, I'm not doing it. I don't trust Facebook. They can, they, mm. they can rot. Um, Although I am on Instagram, so I'm still, I'm already, still feeding the meta machine. I'm already on Instagram, but I only like post, I only post cat pictures once in a while just yeah. to like keep that line open for people who I communicate with, like weirdly. But like, yeah, no, I, I it's for me. It's, I'm, I'm really digging blue sky. Anyway, because I know you wanted an update about that. Anyway, thank you everybody for listening. Thank you for joining us. Uh, we'll see you next time. And never forget, RAR! <laughs>